since I had an interest in, in eating and drinking, coffee seemed like a good topic to try to master. Yeah. Then I thought that one single thing within coffee, what is more scalable, is coffee roasting. And I could also imagine this is something I could control and then make really well without it being too arduous. And then from that came, but first we might want to run a cafe. Welcome to or welcome back to Coffee with April. My name is Patrick Rolf, and this is a conversation with some amazing professionals and entrepreneurs in the coffee industry, sharing their perspective and experience. It's about integrity, quality, and the future. For this episode, we went down to Berlin to meet Kiduk, founder of Bonanza. Bonanza has played a very important role for the Berlin coffee scene, the German coffee scene, as well as the European specialty coffee scene ever since they started. And this is actually one of the first interviews that Kiduk has ever done. So we're really happy that he wanted to be a part of this. We're sitting um, in Berlin once again. Uh, I'm uh, in front of me. I have Kiduk, one of the founders of Bonanza. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting upstairs uh, in the beautiful Bonanza Roastery. We're going to talk more about that later on. Drinking uh, one of their Kenyan coffees in Guru Guru. Um, always really good. Uh, I've been coming back and forth to Bonanza for a long time now, drinking your coffee moments. I spent a lot of time here. Uh, actually, when, when I started April, the first like critical month when I was putting everything together yeah. was downstairs. Ah, yeah, yeah. I remember so you yeah. sitting in the corner and working yeah. and using it a bit as a co-working yeah, space. Yeah, I was one of those annoying people with a computer oh, no. that yeah. you don't really want to have in the, in the coffee shop. You guys have some interesting things going on at the moment, uh, especially right now you're installing a new roast machine. Yeah. Uh, the company is, is, is growing, yeah. the roasting is growing. If I remember Scott correctly, it's a f- new 45 kilo vintage yeah. ProBat. Uh, actually, it's a Van Gulpen, but it's ah, kind of what Probat was later modeled upon on this machine. Yeah. There, yeah. Well, where have you... I don't think I've ever seen that style of machine ever. Ah, okay. Where have you found that? Where is it from? Um, it was actually a payout to me that uh, me helping um, roasting manufacturers um, getting customers. And so they wanted to pay me out either in money or I saw that machine lying in their warehouse. I said, well, if you give me that machine, I'm also paid out. Ah. So yeah, so it was stored a long time. Okay. It's uh, Van Gulpen. I think um, it's like, um, it's made, I think it's built pre, pre-1950s. And it was um, the model machine that the most G model probats were based upon. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so it was just the one model before it. It wasn't intentional though. It was just like the machine was there, I took it and then figured out what kind of machine that was later on. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it makes sense as well. It's growing as a bigger machine. Yeah. Previously, you guys had a 22 UG. Yeah, yeah UG, yeah. Yeah. And it's always been probats to, to some capacity even from the start, right? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that don't uh, don't know, can we give the people a bit of backstory? Like where, where when did you guys start? How did you guys start? Um, yeah, we started in two thousand and six, and uh, how we started? Well, I was working in another industry back in that time in the creative industry, so I was educated as in um, 
I was studying at the Rietveld Academy, Arts and Design. Uh-huh. And then I followed through on working in the advertising industry in Amsterdam, which was in the 90s uh, booming. So I had a lot of work there and that was great. But then uh, I think as working there two years in the industry, also the landing, the job that I wanted at the bureau, at the agency that I wanted, it was all ideal situation. I did come to think, I realized at some point um, that I maybe wanted to do something different because it was high pressure. I didn't know how long I could hold on to that, kind of working on that level. And um, so um, with the money I saved up, I went to Berlin and uh, wanted to start an own company. And... um, so I figured out maybe coffee would be a good topic. Um, I was always a bit of a foodie and I, I was attracted to maybe doing something in a restaurant, but the topic would be too vast and I was starting too late and I really like to do things very precise. Sure. So, and then I thought, okay, coffee is something that I'm also interested in. It was something that was just coming up in that time. And, um, see, and it seemed like something that I could do really well in a, in, in a 10 period, a 10 yeah. year period. Whereas yeah. like, if you do a restaurant, you want to be really good at it. It would, might take me 20 years to master that. So that were the considerations of starting a coffee business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and, and back in, I mean, Berlin at that time, was there anyone, was, was there a micro roastery in Berlin at that time? Or were you guys the first one starting? I think, um, no, we were definitely the first ones that started in Berlin. Um, I think globally there was nothing. I researched it uh, coincidentally for this uh, podcast and uh, I saw that Blue Bottle started somewhere before the 2000s and then there was like um, Intelligentsia and Stumptown was just two shops. In Europe there was only Flat White. They started in 2005 and then there was Monmouth of course, but for the rest... In Scandinavia, there was not. No. I mean, Tim Wendelboe didn't exist. And there was no. nothing yet, and yeah, we were the only ones. I remember. I remember that as well because back back when I started at, at Damateo. Mm, yeah. Oh, was Damateo already? Yeah, because they're pretty old. Yeah, but that was you know right, right, right in the beginning. I think they started. Correct me if I'm going to get an angry email here or not, but I think they started to roast after 2006. Okay. I don't know. That is tiny, tiny shop roaster. Okay. And then they got like a, a lowering and a bigger production later on. But even then, when, when they started to roast, they started to roast uh, mainly Italian robusta, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. huge process, right? But where, what, was, what were you modeling the kind of early days of Bonanza on? I mean, there were so few reference points. Yeah. Uh, and most of the people I, I've been talking with on this podcast have, have actually started later. So yeah. they've been having kind of models and inspiration coming from all over the world. Yeah. What was kind of, for you, what was the inspiration? How did you find your own path? Um, I think there wasn't really, that was the interesting part when we started, there wasn't a model, there wasn't an example. We, yeah. There was nothing there, there was just Starbucks and nothing for the rest. So what did happen was that I was a bit lucky that I had a whole year off. I had enough money to do nothing. And then I was like really obsessively Google searching everything that was on coffee in that time. Mm. And I was lucky, I think, right in that time, there was a lot of discussion going on on forums, like Coffee was yeah. a big one, and there were some people discussing how to make better espresso, the, the, the temperature, uh, pr- uh, uh, what do you call it, PID just came yeah, up, sure. and ideas of how stability worked, and maybe weighing doses and stuff like that. And um, then the Senesso came out just right in that moment, so we bought a Senesso 
first I had a lineado, but uh, working in the kitchen and we were trying out latte art, but also we were also trying out different roast degrees. Yeah. And so we had a medium roast degree, which was yeah. then light in that time. Well, what were you roasting on right in the beginning? Uh, no, we worked actually with a local roaster, which was, he just came from, um, that was, what was his company called? Uh, it's a big one now, uh, Einstein. Yeah, and this guy started his roastery and we approached him to roast our beans. So he was willing to roast our coffee custom okay. to the profile we liked. And we cupped it with him and said, okay, this is a great roast. And Very cool. Yeah. So, so how long did, did he roast uh, the Bonanza coffee? I think it was something like a year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is that we immediately wanted to start a coffee roastery and sure. I think it was that was one of the few things that I actually thought out later on I didn't think much out at all it was just going with the with the flow but um, yeah we immediately wanted to start a coffee roastery and um, but also back then when we started of course there was no iPhone or there was no Instagram and social social media wasn't so widespread so we thought okay I was thinking also very locally back then I thought oh we're gonna open a little small shop and then we're gonna roast for the few cafes around us and then serve some coffee for the neighborhood and um, so then I thought okay we might want to start a cafe first because then we get our name out there yeah. and so we did that a year and that kind of worked though because people came to us and said hey this is great coffee could you also uh, supply us surprisingly in hindsight I think why would you even as somebody ask you if you don't have a roastery but it did happen so we started collecting the customers like that and selling off our coffee per kilo but just with no profit just yeah. collecting the customers till I thought okay now we have enough customers now it pays off to buy a roaster yeah. so that's how we went I think, I think that makes that makes so much sense because mm. We, I end up having this discussion relatively often because these days everyone wants a coffee roastery. Right? Yeah. And everyone wants to kind of jump straight into it. And I had the same uh, discussion in, in a car ride with Stephen Layton, uh, founder of Haspi, where it's like, he asked me uh, on, on, on the way to the airport, he says, Patrick, why do you roast your own coffee? Yeah. Right? You wanted to start a specialty coffee roastery, but why do you need to roast your own coffee? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Which is, is kind of true because... Yeah. It's it's very expensive. Yeah. It's very difficult yeah. when you when you first start out. Yeah. And I think it's uh, extremely smart what you guys did with giving yourself time to figure out where you want to be, yeah. roasting wise, on someone else's expense. Yeah. Also being able to focus on other things than roasting. Like I wouldn't, I can't believe people today that start a coffee roastery. Uh, without knowing how to roast yeah, and wanting to roast themselves from day one. Yeah. Too yeah. difficult. Yeah, too difficult. For sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, with your position, it's of course different. You're already kind of known and you've already worked in cafes, so you know how really how that works with a sure. coffee. But if you're just going to start a roast, you know, definitely I can't recommend that now. Too difficult. Uh, too difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what was the, uh, you, you move away, start to roast yourself. Yeah. Um, where, where was that? That was in the back of the coffee shop right yeah <clears throat> yeah we just placed the roaster there it was all very DIY yeah. like self-taught and um, looking online how to do it and then also a lot of trial and error I mean you know with roasting it's also a lot writing the results down cupping it out then linking the results to the cupping and then trying it again and then every incremental steps in improvement so mm. and this is how we did it actually yeah, yeah it takes a lot and that was a was that a 12 kilo no, it was a three kilo. A three kilo. Yeah, oh. that, that, that roaster is still standing downstairs to oh. doing our small batches. 
yes. disaster though. I even saw Scott roasting on that. Yeah. <laughs> now it now it works, but really only since after a year. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that thing was. No, I cannot recommend doing that. Yeah. That was so stupid. You learn how to roast, but then you have a machine that doesn't really work well. Yeah. I mean, it roasts. The results are great, but sure. the, to to put everything on there that was yeah yeah anyway fun but it's work now yeah <laughs> so three kilo and then how how many years did it take to upgrade from the three kilo to the 12 to yeah Ooh, i think it took long though um yeah. i did a lot of batches i was doing like 50 60 batches in a day and oh, just wow. that whole day um but um i think five years maybe something like that yeah oh, wow. yeah, yeah it took a while and then we upgraded to the 12 yeah. yeah, and then was that always intentional to to grow slow and organic, or was that because that the market didn't allow you to grow faster, or how how did that come about? I think it was. Let me think. Why did it grow like that? Um, yeah, it was organically like that. I think that was the amount of requests we got, and also we were very busy. We were never actively pursuing customers. I mean, we never had a sales team or ever considered that we could go out there and get more customers or we have a strategy around it. We were kind of bogged down um, running that cafe, which, yeah, that was a lot of work. I think also the difference between us and a lot of people is that we started a company, no, actually not with you. You also did that, but I don't know how your Danish is. But for me, not good. Oh, okay, my, my German wasn't very good. So I came here and I was a total visitor. And I was also figuring out how all the all the bureaucracy was working. Yeah, yeah. Inside, so that was a yeah, double I, thing. I, and, and on top of it, I didn't know how to roast. I heard. Yeah, and I never worked in a cafe before, so I was learning three things at the same time, and then also de dealing with the German bureaucracy. So that was overwhelming. Did yeah. Did you know about German coffee tax before you started? Oh no. no, everything so just... So that was like a one-day eye-opener. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to tax you on your roasted coffee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I actually, I didn't know that. Uh -huh. That you were, that you came into Berlin not actually, or starting it without uh, uh, being in Berlin for a longer time before that. No, no, like two years, I think. Oh, wow. And I went in very blue-eyed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's difficult. It's yeah. something that I think about today as well, because even if, I mean, Denmark and in Sweden, I mean, very close, uh, not yeah. far away at all. You know? yeah. But it's still, I mean, practical stuff for me starting up, whereas is you don't exist in any records. The city doesn't know you, yeah. the country doesn't know you. You go to a bank and you be, oh, it took me four months to get a bank account uh -huh. because no one wanted to touch my money because they had no track record of me in the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Tiny stuff like that. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. tiny so stuff like that, you can get completely bogged down. Yeah. yeah. How was when uh, did the coffee shop start at the same time as when you got the three kilo, or was that two different processes? No, there were two different processes. So we did have the coffee shop first, which was interesting because, like I said, I never worked in a cafe before. The thing is, is that the interesting uh, thing about our coffee place was though was that uh, we I think if you would compare the other places, they were like already coffee places that implemented some ideas of third wave coffee and specialty coffee. Whereas we just started with a clean slate and with just ideas and we were a bit like, oh, let's test this out. And then, yeah, of course you come across all the practical things like how do you uh, not let people wait 45 minutes for a cup because we were like weighing doses and looking oh, yeah. at shots and people were like, hey, I just want my coffee here. And uh, 
So that was really funny. People would get mad at that. Um, but it definitely created a lot of attention. So that we had to learn how to run a cafe and like how to run a register and things like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. What was your question again? Because I was like, now... now uh, no, the, 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 the question was, just the, the, no, you, you actually answered it. Whether mm-hmm. the, what kind of came first? Uh, the, obviously the roastery part, but when the coffee shop actually opened as well. Because yeah. that's also an interesting uh, discussion as to, uh, did you always want to have a coffee shop? Or was that something that just happened because you roasted coffee as well? Or was that a, uh, was the coffee shop a business model? Or no. did you just happen to start a coffee shop? No, it was really in the order of that I wanted to look for something else to do that I might, might eventually be able to walk away from. Sure. And then um, since I had an interest in, in eating and drinking, coffee seemed like a good topic to try to master. Mm. Then I thought the one single thing within coffee, what is more scalable is coffee roasting. And I could also imagine this is something I could control and then make really well without it being too arduous. And then from that came, but first we might want to run a cafe to get our name out. And in that order, it all went. The whole head first and no idea, so. If, if you would have started Bonanza today, would, would it be a coffee shop as well? Or would you only have a roastery? I'm more and more leaning towards only having a roastery shop, sure. definitely. Yeah. It's the most fun part for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as you say as well, the most scalable also, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and less staff. And, and less the, staff. The, the, the staffing challenge in, in Berlin is an issue. I want to, let's jump ahead a bit. But we, yeah, we just had this, we started this discussion. As always, when I record podcasts, we, we have really interesting discussions before I even start recording. Um, but you said something that I know is very special here in Berlin. You said that your staff is staying for two, three years in a row, yeah. which... I've been working in coffee in Berlin. That's not the case yeah. in, in most companies. Yeah. It just doesn't happen, right? I think that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. Berlin is a, is a city of distractions Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, for a lot of people. But how, how did you manage to get to a place where people actually stay, where the staff works for a longer time? I think um, or what we aim to do is create and uh, our business model is that we really try to create a work environment where staff want to stay. Mm-hmm. So it's not um, we don't create an environment um, just to turn out good coffee, but we also consider, hey, this is a pleasant place to work. Simultaneously, also, we try to. Um, we, like I said, we also try to, um, we, we incorporate the ideas of our staff uh, into our business. So the staff have a say in the direction that we're going. And yeah. then in that sense, maybe they also um, feel more compelled to stay longer because it's a part of them too. Yeah, yeah. sure. I think that's a, that's a huge challenge in coffee. I mean, you know, that's, you know, in the end of the day, why I ended up starting a, a company as well. Right? Yeah. because I couldn't find another company that could kind of suit my needs or cater to my needs yeah. properly, right? So it's, uh, and it's, it's, it's such an important part in terms of the quality in, in the company to actually keep the staff yeah. for, for longer, right? Yeah, definitely. And what you said, it all started off with seeing that when staff goes, quality drops. So that we definitely wanted to counter, yeah. that the constant uh, fluctuation of quality. I think our company definitely puts out some consistent cups of coffee. It's, it's always sure. somewhere pretty really good, yeah. sometimes very excellent, but never really bad. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, I, think that, I think that's really 
that's really cool, right? And that's the, I think that's really difficult to do. I think yeah. people continuously underestimate how difficult it is not to, to not make bad coffee. Yeah. Right? Because everyone is, is so focused on these kind of super tops, whether that is like geisha stuff or, yeah. or yeah, espresso that takes 60 minutes to serve because of birthday signing in. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really, I think that's a cool thing. Yeah. And I think, as I said as well, we're drinking a, a can of coffee from, from Brazil now and it, 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 it tastes like, but that is a flavor integrity to the coffee. Okay. That has always been, which is, is, is which is really cool, and I appreciate that more and more. Yeah. Uh, and it comes out. I mean, you guys have been doing really well, and in, in uh, I mean, latest in the World Brewers not too long ago as yeah. well with yeah. one of your Kenyan coffees as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. Uh, I think the coffee has always been on point. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about the where we're sitting right now because, I'm. It, it, for those of you that haven't been here, you guys should go to the to the coffee restaurant of Bonanza. Yeah. Beautiful place. Yeah. I Thank remember you. back, how is it? Four years, three years? How old is it now? Uh, two years actually. Two years old. Yeah, yeah, it's not so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because uh, wow. I remember uh, coming here, uh, and it's it was amazing to see. It was a next level thing. Okay. I mean, I'm a, but to be fair, Berlin haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's actually true. I mean, uh, on a global scale, maybe you have some examples, but yeah. in Berlin, that was a completely new thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested in the thought process behind that, right? Going from a, a relatively small coffee shop, yeah. it's not huge, it did very well, it does very well still, yeah. and a roastery in the back, which was not so public, yeah. to basically do the whole roastery as a one big showroom. Yeah. What was the process uh, behind that? I think um, when I, uh, first of all, I had the opportunity to get some um, uh, investment money through the work I was doing in uh, helping other roasteries uh, set up their projects. And that was a, a windfall for me. And yeah. uh, I think uh, it wouldn't have been possible with bank loans. And then uh, what happened was, um, I think I, 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 put, I put the process in reverse. I thought about where, what would be an asset to the city yeah. Where would people want to work? Right. Um, and then uh, I work my way back from that. So I, I set it up in an ideal way and actually kind of hoped <laughs> in a way that that would work. So yeah. that way. Yeah. Which it kind of did. I, it it, it worked better than I thought. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, now, yeah. now even the, the coffee shop part is, is, is very busy. No? Yeah. It's always quite a lot of people because it's... it's uh, it is not, well, it's in a backyard for those of you that haven't been here. So it's not the easiest place. It's actually super easy to find. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not. It's easy. pretty difficult. <laughs> no, no, sure. But it's still in the like, center. It's close to other stuff. Yeah, sense. definitely. Yeah. How has it been uh, branding wise? I'm, I'm thinking a lot about branding with April. I thought a lot about branding when I started April as well. Yeah. Um, I think I reached a point where I, I realized that it's not my thing, so I stopped thinking about it, and I just made everything <laughs> white. I love your bags, though, really. I pick them up, and I think they're great. No, they're, nice. they're, they are kind of iconic. It's good. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm Scandinavian, so I get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> we do it super simple, and that's yeah. it. Right? Yeah. And then people call it the sign, and I, it's really just a result of me not knowing any better. And that's yeah. right. But you guys also have been through several rounds. Yeah, different kind of versions and uh, still keeping the ident identity going. Yeah. Um, very recently launched new bags as well. Yeah. Uh, how was that process like dating back to the beginning as well? 
Yeah. How much did you? How much thought did you put into this? You obviously have a background in, in design slash marketing as well to some extent. So yeah, what what was the thought process behind the visual identity of, of Vanessa? Wow, um, I think what we do is we look at every uh, singular thing and try to push that as good as possible to the kind of situation we are in so we don't look really too much to what other people are doing but I think um, definitely with the bags it was a, a string of learning from mistakes if you look at all the bags what we tried and did and this really gets to the point of that okay this is functional this is something you want to I mean you, you know how it is you have to order the stickers you have to, they have to fit and then they have to do the printing of and, and then how with the roasting and then the, that everything comes on time and I think this is just an accumulation of like this is this product fits to the way we produce our coffee yeah, yeah sure. so and everything else before that was more um, ignoring that actually so it wasn't so good so you, um, one can argue that you previously designed for for the shelves or for the for the consumer and now you change the focus to be more production based right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think is really interesting I mean I think the the kind of box system that people do now as yeah. well you see that quite often which looks pretty yeah but for example from a production perspective would be a nightmare that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. wouldn't want to actually do it. It's very obvious that it's designed by someone that is not going to pack that coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's right way. Not, not to give anyone critique, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it yeah. looks looks beautiful, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, I would never. April would never have a bag in a box. Yeah, yeah. like that. It's, it's a, from a waste point of view. Is also I I wouldn't want to buy something that sure. produces. I mean, that it's, much it's waste. more it's more packaging than than uh, you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, you know un un unnecessary. Um, let's move on. Um, roasted coffee. Realizing or deciding. I mean, every every company to some extent has um, some sort of flavor integrity, yeah. like character, right? Yeah. And how has that process been been for you guys over the years? And how much have that the taste of bonanza changed from the beginning to now? Yeah. And you guys have been roasting for a long time. Yeah. Is there a big change there, a different focus? Um, I think this is something that is also always under discussion with us. Um, I really stress consistency. Yep. I don't like it when you pick a bag and it is not, it's just slightly off. Um, I'm not so much maybe focused on, well, I am, I wish to. I, I mean, we really want to do the best job possible sure. every time. Um, but yeah, I'm also interested in the bottom line that there's no bad coffee out there. So I don't, maybe everybody does that though. That could be also, but, um, yeah, I think we had two roasters now on that really influenced our roasting and that was Alistair and now it's Scott and I kind of trust them to do their job really well. I go into the cupping, I, we cup the coffees, we also regularly compare cup where we are still at compared to other roasteries yeah. and if that's good then I'm fine with it for now yeah. the thing is is that I know that thinking about roasting that takes a lot of time like yeah. why would you roast it in a certain way how how do you source the beans this I left over to Scott actually yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm more in another side of the business yeah for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think um, I think though when I 
I speak to them about it and their choices, and they're very mindful about it. And I am I am in agreement of how they uh, how they decide to roast the coffee. Yeah. yeah. So. And I know I, like Alistair roasted for a long time here. No? Yeah. Yeah. Is it for a very, very long time. And I think that's really, I think in the end of the day, that's it's a good approach to have it as well, to really allow them to kind of do their thing. Yeah. And know how challenging that can that can be for some people. Yeah. Uh, and it's always difficult when when a head roaster in that sense is, is, is moving or changing position. Yeah. Because they do have a lot of impact on the oh, huge. on the roaster quality. Yeah. yeah. Um, to flip things ar- um, around as well, if we're looking at... From my perspective, it's getting tougher and tougher to sell roasted coffee. Yeah. That might just be me. But what, what I see is that is the market is getting really busy. It's getting really competitive. Yes. Yeah. It's different now, especially for you guys who've been around for a long time. You kind of seen the, the progression. Yeah. I mean, only here in Berlin, there's been a huge change yeah. in the amount of roasters yeah. uh, that are, are roasting and selling coffee. Yeah. Um, how have you guys, have you guys been been adapting to a changing industry or kind of paving your own way since the start? Um, yeah, no, we, 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 um, we kind of do our own thing, yes. And then the result from that comes. Um, yeah, I do agree. There's a lot of people on the market um, roasting coffee, though I must say not everybody roasts their coffee, again, consistently good. So what sure. we will have is that people will go to somebody else till now but then they will return back to us and say like, hey, actually your product was ever always without problems, your service was really good. So in that sense, we do keep our customers. But what you say to grow the market, that is much more difficult now. Yeah. 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 Is, that a, is that something you guys are, are focusing on? Because I feel when, when I started April now is that I made a, perhaps incorrectly, and we'll see, see for how long that lasts, mm. but I made a decision that we wouldn't spend so much time educating new kind of specialty coffee drinkers in yeah. a sense if yeah, you call yeah. that yeah. so going from traditional coffee to, to our kind of coffee because uh, I thought there was enough roasteries doing that already yeah 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 uh, that being said perhaps that's what we should be doing because we still need to grow the market yeah but from, from a Bonassa perspective where are you guys there? are you spending time trying to educate new people to drink specialty coffee or are you focusing on um, elevating specialty coffee as it is or do, do you have a special target market in who you're trying to cater for or uh, let me think well actually we're in a position that people do I, I'm surprised actually since I was a while away out of the company also doing other stuff uh, uh, coffee related though but yeah. I'm not directly involved with the day-to-day runnings of the office sure. and I recently returned back and I'm surprised that we do get a lot of requests on a weekly basis without us having to go out there or even yeah. explain ourselves yeah. so for us the strategy right now is to kind of uh, we never got back to these people strangely also too okay. late and then so I'm doing this now so I have the feeling that just based upon uh, the name that we already have we can grow the market slowly if we want to grow it faster then we'd have to think about that so um, I don't really know how that goes with other companies if they get these applications, but we do get a lot, yeah, sure. and then uh, or a lot, but enough that uh, the, the the ones that fall off, it will be the bottom line of full yeah. effect. We we slow growth. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Because there's always a rotational clients. Yeah, you see yeah. that very clearly, right? It's uh, I think some someone uh, at one point wrote a book business wise about production companies lose roughly twenty percent of their sales. 
every single year, yeah. I think, but then obviously gain more new ones, right? So yeah. even out in the end, right? So yeah. uh, to some extent, there, there's always a, a kind of growth. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, are you guys looking to do do more things in Berlin? More coffee shops, more uh, any kind of uh, products coming up? Um, well, we toyed around with the idea of a third shop. Okay. Though, um, but for now, right now, not. Actually, our focus is going to be roasting and roasting better. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, trying to source even better coffee. We want yeah. coffee to just be better first. Yeah. And that is going to be our main focus this yeah. year. How did you source? I mean, in the very beginning, where did you find your coffee from? <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, today we have Nordic Approach, we have, yeah. food, we have a lot of different importers that I don't think was around back then. No, no that's true. No, I think uh, we did source a lot of coffee back then from Traboka. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then some from Arcanta. They yeah. were pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... That, yeah, those were our main suppliers back yeah. then. Yeah, now that Nordic Approach is there, it makes it, of course, much easier. Yeah, it's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, they do also awesome coffee. Yeah. And we sometimes go directly. It's it's a really a mix of everything. And definitely yeah. Scott is doing there. Uh, he's covering a lot of ground there. Yeah. On the buying end. Yeah. Did you, in, in, in the, uh, <laughs> I know the, the backstory roasting-wise to, to some of the other Berlin coffee roasters. Yeah. Were you guys also in that kind of uh, world that in the beginning you just roasted everything mm. and then it grew into specialty or did you have an idea about specialty even back then and try to, to start with that? So our beans were already very high quality and it was pretty acidic for that time because I remember customers coming into our, cus- uh, into our shop and they would be either really happy, curious or insulted and yeah. Yeah, there was some confrontation there with our coffee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was already Arabica, it was already scoring 85 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. knew already about the scoring there because I did a lot of research in that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, very cool. How has been, um, what do you say about, about your, your, your clients? Like some people like it and some people don't. Some mm-hmm. people getting offensive about the fact that it's a different tasting coffee, mm-hmm. which is kind of a struggle that we have today as well. Like, yeah. you know, in Germany is a relatively traditional market. Is that something that um, frustrates you, or something that you don't just that you don't focus on the fact, or do you feel that the market is is keeping up the pace with us doing better coffee, or is that still a big struggle? Uh, personally, for me, when I go into those uh, situations with our customers, I find it actually a very uh, an interesting part of my work yeah. to to kind of find the connection to see where they are at. And then to kind of be able to um, bridge that gap to our coffee. Oh. Yeah. So that the discussion with the people, but yeah, I can imagine for other people, I don't know if, if they like that or not. Yeah. And no, it's, it's, it's a process and I think yeah. it's uh, just important to decide as, as where you want to be and who you want to want to cater for. Yeah. And as long as you have that very clear to yourself, I think it's easier for the, I mean, the, the guest coming here now today, yeah. it's a bit of a destination, it's a bit of a journey. Yeah. You expect something a bit different as well. I think just walking through the door, Yeah. Um, especially with the, the roastery beautifully in the backside, right? So yeah. you see it. But I must add that to that is that I think what we do differently from you yeah. is that uh, I make a, a, a distinction between what we do for customers and then what we do for ourselves. I mean, what I like, I don't, um, I, I separate those two things. So sure. it's not that we will go and buy low grade coffee and roast it really dark, yeah. but we are willing to look at how far a company is 
and then uh, accommodate as much as possible to that till that we say like okay this this becomes ridiculous yeah. or this is really not us but we are a bit flexible there yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's smart because it's it's, uh, it's a journey or I, I assume that it's not uh, yeah yeah no, no, I, maybe maybe I'm making an assumption no, 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 right, right. currently yeah. in April we're and you know that's that's also why we're we're still on a very small size right mm. we're doing very well with being as young as we are but it, it's there, there's definitely a limit to how much we can grow doing what we're doing at the moment, right? Yeah. Because there's a uh, there's there's a limit to the market or the demand for the kind of coffee we do. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely a job. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're first of all we're selling coffee at a high price. Yeah. In relationship to where a lot of other people are selling. Yeah. Uh, I know we're at least forty, sometimes fifty percent higher. Yeah. Uh, cost wise. Um, and we're working with uh, yeah, just, just relatively expensive green coffee. Yeah, I mean, that's a challenge, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, I never defined our. I don't define the quality of we of what we do on on primes. Yeah. I do it based on the coffee we do. Yeah. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out whether we will be catering to other needs in the future or not. Yeah. Actually, a really and an interesting question for you as well because my way around this yeah. to kind of still be able to work with the, the green coffee I want and the quality I want yeah. is to look at alternative products oh. which would be you know cold brew and oh, yeah, coffee yeah. capsules things yeah. like that I find that interesting by the yeah. way that you do is that yeah, something yeah. that you guys are, are thinking about as well I'd love to but yeah. we have to find the time to do it I sure. see the point though that yeah. you're doing it yeah, yeah. I mean it's a, for, for me it's interesting because it allows me to work with the quality of green coffee that I want. Yeah. Um, and it also allows me to, because the, the cost structure is completely different, right? Yeah. The margins are completely different. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, I think after being in coffee for quite some time, it's amazing to, to sell a product that will taste the way that you intended it to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, selling a bag of coffee is always difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because there's someone else that prepares that coffee, you don't really know what's going to come out of it. Yeah. Right? But if you sell like a bottle of cold brew, yeah. you know, the sparkling cold brew thing, if you sell a can of cold brew, yeah. it's, it will taste the way that you intended it to taste, right? Yeah. Same with the capsules as well. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a pretty interesting uh, uh, product line to work with. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's uh, we need to push forward in some direction. Yeah. I think, I think this How, is... How's it been working out though, the capsules? I mean, I can imagine that that must that that's an interesting product to, to see how that works. But the consumer does it does it does it work? It's tasty. Yeah. Oh sure. Okay. I mean, the the difficult uh, process now is to to set up production lines properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people think that this is something you can do by yourself. No, no, no. It's I a know. very <laughs> it's a very com like it's, it's it's more complicated than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I can so we we started out with one company. So so we roast to coffee and shit. Yeah. And then produce any cost back. Uh, we started out with one company, and it's been it's been a struggle. We made it very tasty, yeah. But consistency wise, it's been a headache. Yeah. Uh, so we basically stopped out for four months, and we we uh, have been working with uh, alternative suppliers. Yeah. Uh, and we finally found one now, so we're relaunching. Probably. Okay. Uh, but no, super excited because we we make the capsules taste better than what most espresso does in, in coffee shops. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the... the <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my theory is this, that if 
let's say your your uh, how much coffee does Bonanza roast now? Ah, roughly. Roughly anything between uh, uh, a ton and uh, one point. A one and a half per week per week yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean de- decent size grocery yeah right? uh, I think if you're at that point today yeah you're gonna do very very well in the future yeah because you have enough momentum to keep on growing yeah I think if you're April and you're doing we're doing roughly 20 tons a year now yeah um, and, and you just started it will be too difficult for you yeah because you don't have the foundation you guys have yeah I mean I, I wouldn't believe Vanessa has some, some stable clients that kind of stick with you and allows you to grow yeah 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 to some extent and April is still too too scattered because the coffee shops today wants to buy from a hundred different roasteries right yeah yeah so that's why we I, for us I don't see any future in, in roasted coffee yeah yeah I think roasted coffee for me personally is a, is a passion project yeah and the only reason why, as with when, when Stephen uh, Leighton from Hasbeen asked me in the car, so Patrick, why are you roasting coffee? Yeah. I just said I love to roast coffee. Yeah. Business-wise, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Business-wise, I would have had someone else roast it. But isn't it so that because you have a relatively smaller operation, that it then, uh, that it, uh, bottom line, it does make sense? Because you also don't okay. employ that many people. Sure. I mean, so, I mean relatively, you're earning more than we are. We, we're making more than most. Like Our, our profit is better than most other yeah, roasters. Just, I don't no. even own a roaster. Right? Yeah, that's why. I haven't paid for a roaster. You have no overhead no. almost? No. And you're doing pretty well. So there, you're doing so. it very flexible, right? Yeah. But the, the question is, uh, you know, the, the issue with the coffee roastery always is, is uh, a tiny coffee roastery yeah. is to some extent sustainable. Yeah. And it's relatively easy. Yeah. But if you try to scale... Yeah. The more you, there was a research done, I think it's Morten Munchok mm-hmm. from, from Denmark, it did mm-hmm. an SA research. Yeah. And they showed very, very clearly that the bigger a roastery gets, the less money they make. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. To a certain extent, and then there's again another point, but that point yeah. is so far that you need to really roast that much more to make yeah. it financially viable. Yeah. I think that's that, a huge, huge challenge. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But what are, what are you betting on for the future? Where do you believe Bonanza needs to be to be able to grow in the pace that you want to? Well, we're not, we're not really gunning for a lot of growth, but I do know that when our, uh, I do know the numbers when this becomes uh, interesting for us and that we can also, for example, um, pay decent wages to staff so they have a kind of a career going. Sure. I think that that is our goal for now. Yeah. Um, endless shops no or uh, endless growth also not but I do have some numbers in my mind that I want to reach by the time the the year is passed or sure. one and a half year and when that happens then I'm also satisfied I also know that, that we'll, our footprint will be large enough that we cannot just by outside influence by new shops opening be uh, competed out of the market we're kind sure. of secure there yeah. Yeah. yeah so that is a bit the goal how different is uh Bonanza, like when you first started, would you ever think you would sit here in, in like a beautiful huge roastery with, uh, you know, 1.5 tons a week? Is that what you had in mind when you first started or is this completely different? Uh, it, it was, well, it's all way beyond my expectations. Okay. 
Yeah, we just started a small shop. That's why I read some of your questions and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, what is our plan? And then I was like, I don't really have a plan. And I think also it, yeah. it became, it, it was because every step was, um, it just, spy, it, it became much more than I thought. Yeah. So that's good. On the, on the one hand and on the other hand, it was also much more work than I thought. Yeah. So, it, yeah. The start is not easy, no? Yeah. How are you... Um, I'm interested that's kind of on a, on a uh, side path. Yeah. But starting a company is a difficult thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, how, how come you started a company? Was that, has that always been important to you to, to, to own and run a company, be your own boss? Or is it something you just stumbled upon? Um, Were you born an entrepreneur? That I, I think I was born an entrepreneur, but I only realized that later. Yeah. So yeah, I was always a bit of a creative kid, so it seemed like I was going to work in the creative industry. Sure. But then, um, yeah, the lifestyle that would make, yeah, the lifestyle that comes with that wasn't my thing. So and I thought, oh, entrepreneurship, I was always making small businesses when I was a kid, and they were kind of successful, and I had fun doing them. Oh, do, then, do you have any example from... Uh... Um, I had small software companies. Oh, wow. uh, I would have, um, uh, what do you call it, a stationery. Okay. Yeah, stationary company oh, and um, what else? All kinds of small stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And then uh, I did that just to supplement my studying. And then I would stop those companies. But then later on, I thought, okay, I have a little entrepreneurial yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So that's how it uh, became. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. Another, uh, more on a personal level, and uh -huh. it's up to you how much you want to answer. Uh -huh. uh, but it was it was first of all as you said as well it's probably the first interview you're, you're doing personally yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was even hard to get you to do this one <laughs> in the sense that you're not but you know it's it's especially if you look at I mean let's look at the barn then people will say Ralph or yeah. let's look at say Square Mile and people say James yeah you know there, there's you you have always been kind of in the background yeah and I still think there's a lot of people that don't you know the, the, why I think this uh, this episode is going to be so awesome is because a lot of people like they know Bonanza yeah but they still don't know who's who's behind it right yeah because you you have you you seem to have decided not to be this public coffee person yeah right? exactly and has yeah. that been where does that come from is that because you you just don't want to or is that a strategy or is is um. I, yeah, it's a strategy, I think. I think I want to be very careful with what I say or what we're doing. I want to see if it works out. Um, I think it's fine how other people do it, and I admire that also. But I think naturally... Uh, maybe I'm a private person. I don't, sure. I, I don't sure. know exactly. But I definitely want to... I want the company to speak for itself. And I think also I see... I don't want my personality to influence where the company is going. I want it to be kind of like a, a very open thing that anything yeah. could happen. Yeah. I think that's smart. I think that's the one of the, I mean, if you look at April, um, April is, is Patrick in a way just because mm. it, it had to, because yeah. that was the only way I could push it out. To, to, to grow relatively quick in the beginning yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had a brand yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm pretty sure long term that's a bad thing I think for a company to be really successful it needs to, to be where Bonanza is now Yeah. where again it's the 
the the company is the strong unit yeah and it's strong regardless of the individuals in there right yeah. because the brand kind of carries itself yeah uh, and i think it's the, it's something that i personally will will fight really hard on on becoming yeah uh, in that sense to to make um april less patrick Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's. I think it's. It's actually very, very important. I yeah. think. Uh, Fine, so, but I do. Uh, uh, I do consider your brand April and Les Patrick. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> In a positive way. Because when, 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 when I consider your brand, I really consider your coffee. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. yeah. That's been. It's important for us uh, to do roasting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah. want to. I want to try to to uh, make people understand that that's the only thing I care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Which will probably be bankrupt us, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's how it is. Yeah. Um, more on a larger scale. Yeah. Um, industry wise, not necessarily in, in in Berlin, but but in the whole thing, right? What do you do? You have any thoughts on the industry at large? Where we're moving? How we're changing? I mean, you've been you've been in this industry longer than most. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. What have you seen? Like, is there positive trends, negative trends? Are um, we in a good place now? Bad place? Uh, I think the specialty coffee industry is in the place where it is where uh, I think when something new comes up and it progresses. Yeah. So the kind of interest in how people are uh, communicating with coffee, how they're working with coffee, I think probably is a natural thing. Um, for me, I never had the urge to be a part of the industry. As in, I didn't get much out of it, so my influences were more outside of the industry, but not intentionally per se. Ooh, how to say this? Um, I think the quality of coffee should be a given. So I think it's an important part where we've come to a point and we say like, okay, we make the best quality coffee possible in the shortest possible time. Sure. So just get on with it. And then... Um, see what else we can do to create this attention to coffee yeah. so and because you see that also in other industries happening it is yeah to move beyond that point but yeah. maybe sure which which i think is is uh, difficult no and it's i see i, I think i still think we do very little innovation yeah for example yeah. That, that that lacks then on innovation yeah. then i think coffee is is uh, not that I would know how, how I would do it or how Apple would do it, but I think just in general. Me neither. <laughs> exactly. I think that's the. I mean, it's it's uh, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. But we, at the same time, we also need to. We need to figure it out. Yeah. It needs to. It needs to come a time, right? Yeah, and I think also it's okay that we're not there yet. I mean, definitely the quality is fluctuating, so we do need to do something about it, and it can be better. So we need to be busy with it. But as long as we're busy with that, we can grow the attention towards other industries that might also be able to, you know, uh, how do you say, yeah, connect. Sure, sure. Uh, for me, it's been fascinating how, because I also have a background that, that, that is not coffee related. Yeah. Uh, and it's been interesting how, how little inspiration uh, we're getting from other yeah. industries, right? Yeah. Because it feels like everyone else is moving forward and coffee is still in this little little tiny bubble right it's self-referencing sometimes yeah, yeah. which is uh, but I think it's 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 interesting and what how how old were you when you started Vanessa 32 or something 32 yeah was that 
Oh no, wait a moment. That doesn't add up. No, 33, <laughs> 34. 33, 34. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Was that... Because I'm convinced that's a good thing. Mm. I'm convinced that people... That's when people do good stuff. Mm. And I think that... Um, anyone starting a company, as well with April, uh, it, it, you need experience and time. Yeah. From other things, other yeah. stuff, yeah. before you go into this. Yeah. Um, do you feel that that's been a good thing for you? That that's been helpful? Was was that the right time to start a company? Was that a reflection or? I do think that what you're saying about the age thing is also something that drives the company. Yes, yeah. because the comp uh, I mean um, the industry. The yeah. industry is pretty much driven by people from 25 to 33, sure. and they're in a certain age of their lives, and they want to prove themselves. Yeah. And this also is reflected back into how. Um, especially coffee seen by seminal figures or something, uh, they, they plot a path out. Sure. So for example, yeah, maybe, maybe that also uh, influences where, how the special, specialty coffee industry is developing. But I don't know uh, if starting older is any better. I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe you make a point there. Uh, you have some experiences from somewhere else and Definitely. Um, my motivations are definitely different than the ones from our baristas. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Where do you do? I always ask, um, also more from an entrepreneurial perspective. Yeah. Do you, do you have an, an, an angle? Is, is Bonanza the, the last company you will run? Or do you see yourself moving forward doing other companies in the, in the future as well? Whew. Um, That's a tough one. No, I. For now, I don't have any new plans. No, I do see that we still have a lot of work to do here, yeah. and I'm uh, looking forward to doing it. Yeah, yeah and you guys seems to be in a really good place where a lot of things is moving in the right direction, uh, new roaster growing, uh, so it seems to be like you guys are heading down a really good path. Yeah. 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 Really we're cool. fortunate though. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be super exciting to. Uh, to follow it I think that's a great way to wrap it up as well yeah and uh, we're all excited to see what's gonna come out in the next 10 years as well okay thanks for the interview and inviting me it was great for sure from us here at April thank you for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please share with your friends family and colleagues thank you